0: Good morning, I uh, just want to apologise first of all, I know we've had a lot of talking this morning but uh, we're also going to have a sermon as well, so that's the situation, but uh, what wonderful story we've just heard and uh, just shows you how uh, God makes his plans or men make the plans and God directs the path. As Nige said, he wouldn't normally pick someone up. I would normally. I get told off for it, but I do normally pick people up. So, But um, <clears throat> you do have to be careful. But you uh, certainly need to pray for Alec as well. God blesses him and touches his heart. And he puts his trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Let me just pray. Sorry, Father, Father, <clears throat> I ask this morning, Lord, that you would look down from your throne, and those who are here this morning, the wretches that we are, but we're here in your love and in your grace and in your mercy, Father, touch us. Lord, speak through me, use me, let your Holy Spirit speak to us this morning, let your word go out, and let us remember, Father, it doesn't return void. So Lord, in in you and in your word, we put put our trust this morning, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. We are in Ephesians 6, and although Stephen has finished in the Bible study, or will be finished this week, well, it depends on whether he has a review, actually. Uh, he might have a review, first of all, and then finish the week after. You don't know. So, um, but we're in Ephesians 6. We're going to have uh, verses 1 to 4. Uh, my text this morning is verse 4. The background of this is that... Um, Paul has written to the church at Ephesus and uh, already set the scene on how we should live and as Christian homes, Christian people, we should be filled by the Holy Spirit. Stephen spoke about how that filling comes about through his word, through worship, through different particular things. So I want you to remember that as we, we talk this morning because I've got a difficult task really. Uh, I'm talking about fathers and parenting, and I'm going to try and do it in in 30 minutes. And not only that, but I've got my mum sitting here as well, (laughs) which makes it even more difficult because I have to be very careful what I say. So any references that are good towards mothers, they apply to my mother. Any references that are bad towards mothers, they've got nothing to do with my mother this morning. I'm just making that plain and clear now, okay? But it says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So our text is Ephesians 6, verse 4. And different uh, translations, different versions of the Bible, say those words in slightly different form. So I'm I'm just going to give you a couple of others. It says, This is verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke, rather than exasperate, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And the King James Version says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nature and admonition of the Lord. And another translation says, Fathers, do not stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Who is responsible to bring up the children? I believe in our fellowship, we know that the responsibility to bring up children belongs to the parents jointly, it's not the government, not the school, not the church, but us as parents. But what does the Bible say? And most, most commentators agree translating that word fathers in Ephesians 6.4 four. Most agree that it doesn't exclude the role of mothers within the home. But I would suggest that the translation of the word to fathers is correct. And what it does, by Paul or the translators putting fathers there instead of parents, it affirms the biblical. Responsibility of the father within the family. The biblical responsibility of the father within the family. You know, it's very clear uh, the Bible teaches the responsibility to bring up children in the way of the Lord is indeed for the parents in general for Christians in general. But I believe it teaches it's for fathers primarily. I think that's what Ephesians verse 4 is saying. Fathers, you have a responsibility to bring your children up in the Lord, to teach them and instruct them, admonish them. It speaks and affirms the biblical principle of the responsibility of the father within the home. Listen to what uh, before before I said last week, towards the end, that parenting according to the Bible, can have a grave impact on children. And I'm going to repeat uh, Proverbs 23, 13, and 14, just to emphasize that again, and how important it is for Christian parents and Christian fathers in particular. Proverbs 23, uh, 13, 14 says this, "...do not withhold discipline from a child." If you punish them with the rod, they will not die. Punish them with the rod and save them from death. And most of the other translations, although it says in the NIV death, most of the other translations, all of them in fact state, save them from Sheol, Hades, hell. It's very profound. Startling, in fact. I want to repeat this: bringing of children is the responsibility of parents in general, but fathers, it's you who are called by the Bible primarily to bring them up and teach them the ways of the Lord. It tells us, fathers, do not exasperate or provoke or stir up to anger your children. And you know, today most people, when they get or most young people when they get married, uh, they take bringing up children for granted, don't they? I know when I, when I first got married, I thought oh, it's a breeze, It'd be a breeze this bringing up children. That, you know, you learn to do this, I thought, as you go along, you just learn to do it, don't you? But you know, to do it, and to do it well, is not common knowledge. Far from it. It's difficult. It's frustrating. And often you know what you should do, but you still get it wrong. It is, for certain, a difficult task to bring up children well. I have four children. And as most of you know, unfortunately their mother died when they were very young. While I knew my wife was dying when I was caring for her, the thought of how I would bring up my children as a single person often went through my mind. And it worried me. I knew that when my wife died, I wasn't prepared to bring up children. And I wasn't, certainly wasn't prepared to do it well. I'd been a Christian for a few years, maybe three, four years. How was I going to manage? How would I provide for them? The thought of bringing up my children well as I was sitting next to my wife was my priority. And it weighed heavy on my mind. But this I knew. The responsibility to do it was clearly mine. And I recognized that the decisions that I would take going forward would have to be Selfless ones. Ones that excluded certain things that I might have wanted in my life. You see, to bring up children well is not a natural attribute of the sinner. Let me tell you that again. To bring up children well In the law, there's not a natural attribute of the sinner. It is something that we need guidance and teaching. Unfortunately, I had a wonderful guide and wonderful parents to go with the guide. My guide would be the scriptures. And there were times, although I had wonderful parents to help me and a wonderful sister to help me, there were times when we would fall out over certain things. There were times that they would think, as I often think about my son-in-law sometimes, that you're too strict. Fathers, the Bible says, do not exasperate. Do not provoke. Do not stir up anger in your children. We have a responsibility. Proverbs 29:17 says this: Discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Proverbs twenty-two fifteen 15 says this, Folly, or foolishness is a better word, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. Proverbs thirteen twenty four says this: Whoever spares the rod hates their child. Whoever spares the rod hates their children. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. Read those. It can be easy to fall into the trap that all you have to do is give your child a smack. But it's not that easy. Colossians three twenty one says this to fathers. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. You see, what the Bible is telling us, that discipline is vitally important when bringing up a child. Going back to what we said earlier, it can even keep them out of hell. You see, our Bible teaches that fathers are not to have a relationship that continually knocks the child down. it tells us to encourage them and not only encourage them but encourage them in the Lord that's listen that's the most important part encourage them in the Lord and encourage them that they are valued by you that you care for them that you love them enough to die for them as Christ died for us. Trust the Lord in this. Trust His words. And it will go well, the Bible says, for you and the child. Proverbs 22, this is a promise, another promise From a God Almighty who's able to keep those promises. Proverbs 22, verse 6 start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. It's a promise. Fathers, mothers, it's a promise. You see, scriptures, they point clearly to the need of children to know they are well-loved. And for all the family, for the whole of the family, to know the boundaries of right behaviour and wrong behaviour. Not just the children, the whole family, the mother, the father, the children. We all have to know the right boundaries of right behaviour. And wrong behaviour. Scripture tells us that parents ought to have no favourites. And it tells in Scripture, you can look into Scripture and you look at Jacob. You can look into, to, sorry, Isaac. And you can look into Scripture and you can see the adverse effects when parents have favourites. I joke often to my sister here. I'm my mum's favourite. No way am I her favourite. She has no favourite. My father had no favourite. We were loved and treated properly, equally and equally disciplined. There is an adverse effect when parents show favoritism. An adverse effect between those siblings, their relationships are not right. Let me remind you of our text again now. Fathers do not is exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. You see, we clearly have the boundaries there in Scripture for bringing them up. Bring them up in the Lord. Bring them up in the instructions that God has left us in this Bible. And I'm going to make it very plain and simple. To love them as you would want to be loved yourself. Love your children as you would want to be loved yourself. To treat them as you would want to be treated yourself. You see, the earthly father... Is to imitate the Heavenly Father. Jesus loves you, He cares for you, He suffered for you, He came from very heaven to the earth to show us how to live. 1 Timothy 3, verse 4, says this. And it's about overseers, but it's about fathers. He says this. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect if anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? Now, that's for, the last part is for overseers, but the rest of it is for fathers in general. We must, we, we must do it. We must manage our family, our children, in a manny, manner that's worthy of respect. I'm going to tell you now, if you beat your children and you beat your wife, there's no respect in that. You treat them wrong, you bully them, there's no respect in that. There's respect in balancing what's right in the Lord, in applying scripture to the way you live, to the way you teach your children. Not doing what is the easiest thing. Not doing what's the, the easiest to say, oh, I'll just give him a bar of chocolate. Keep him, I'll, get, I'll give him this game to play on. It'll keep him quiet. Put him in front of the telly for six hours. He'll just stay quiet. Titus 1.7 repeats what Timothy says. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless. He must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable. One who loves what is good, who is self controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. Fathers, it is your responsibility, it's my responsibility to manage the household well. To manage yourself, your wife, your children well. To do it in a manner worthy of respect. You know... Good managers are the ones who give clear instructions of how things are to be done. And at the same time, they're supporting and checking that those things are done properly. They uphold and encourage and build up the team. I worked for a record company I managed in London. And and I was trained by these Americans who come over. It was a USA company. They would come over and I would sit for hours in front of them. And their management techniques were brilliant. And I look at them and I see those techniques... In, in, all the way through the Bible. And I thought they were smart. All they've done is look the Scripture. Fathers and mothers have a great responsibility. And it's clearly, there, are, it, there is clearly a joint responsibility there. Listen to what it says about mothers as well. Or women in particular. Proverbs forty. I'm not gonna to have the to funny joke ones that we make jokes, but listen to this fourteen Proverbs fourteen verse one. The wise woman builds her house. But with her own hands, the foolish one tears her down. Da- hairs down. You see, There is a joint responsibility, a responsibility to the father, but also to the mother, to care for the home, to manage it well, to look after your children, to instruct them in the Lord. Says Proverbs 31 a wife of a noble character. Who can find a wife of a noble character? She is worth far more than rubies. Let me tell you, men. Good wives, hard to find. Good wives, hard to find. That's not me telling you that, that's God. You know, for years, the tradition was men would go to work. And that work was Hard and it was tiring and i'm going to tell you something you know my flesh when i have had a hard day and i'm tired and i've been physically working my bones are aching my muscles are aching all i want to do is sit down and rest give us me tea too tired for the support of the family to train and manage the family. Just let me rest. That's what my flesh is like. That's what the flesh is like, men. And you think, you come home and you think, I've done my best down to the wife. Put me tea on the table. Let me tell you, they've had a harder time than you. They've got three or four children. You try looking after three or four children, men. All day. But you know when men do that and that's, that's what's happened and they're not trained or taught properly as children in the Lord, you know what happens? It's the start of things going wrong in your family. The man just sitting there It's the start of things going wrong. And the father comes home day after day after day and he's tired. Too tired to support the family, to train and manage his household. Just let me rest. And when that happens, the children don't know the boundaries. Because the father doesn't establish them. And then what happens is the mother puts her own boundaries in. So there's two sets of boundaries. And in those two sets of boundaries, you know what happens? There's conflict. Conflict. Not unity, but conflict. And the poor child hasn't got a clue what's going on. You know, this might sound a little bit archaic to you. You know, that was those days, Paul. But it's happening more and more today. And the evidence can be seen in the children of today. The The term often used years ago, but it's being used again today, is the children have been dragged up. Have you heard it? They're dragged up, aren't they? I mean, they haven't been brought up properly. These children grow up and young men grow up not knowing how to manage their family. Not how to manage, they don't know how to manage a household. We see many single mums. They're not fathers, they don't know how to manage a household. And a lot of the single... Listen, there's been some great single mums. Please don't think they've been great. I know a lady who's brought her children up well. She comes here often. And and she's done a fantastic job as a single woman. Her husband left her and she's done a fantastic job. But a lot of single mums, you see them, don't you? And they cannot cope. The children are wild. They don't have... The training or the ability to to teach them or bring them up. They don't know how to manage a household. You know what happens then? Here's what's happening in our country now. Our government needs more social workers, children need more care for their anxiety. More children than ever are committing suicide. Does this sound familiar to you? Because it does to me. Fathers, you have a great responsibility in your home. No, Not because I'm telling you, but before God. We'll finish there. Let me repeat to you. Let me repeat our text. Take it home. Think about it. Fathers, do not exasperate or provoke your children to wrath. Instead, bring them up. Not just bring them up, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, Oh, for godly men. We do indeed thank you for your grace and your mercy upon our lives. We do indeed thank you for the wonderful, amazing gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do indeed thank you for your word. Father, pray you would bless us. Let us take that word and apply it to our lives and store it in our hearts and minds. Father, that life would go well for us and our children. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. If you would like a nice cup of tea, please come into the back. Say hello.